Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, the plot is vivid and the blast condition. So I want to, I know it's been a couple weeks since I've been on, man. I was sick and, you know, we had some other stuff going on. So I appreciate everybody being patient, man, and still showing love, sharing, subscribing, supporting. You know, thank you. I really appreciate you. You know, the past couple weeks been really hectic, man. You know what I'm saying? Like in the past, you know 10 days 10 to 10 to 10 days it's been like four deaths you know what i'm saying whether it was health related you know what i'm saying um you know through through uh uh you know um uh, drug addiction um murder um just you know just a little bit of everything man and it's just like uh you know, death is just everywhere, man. You know what I mean? And it's just sad. It's unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? So I just tell people, man, to please, you know, not take your loved ones for granted, man. Give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Show them some love. You know what I'm saying? Tell them that you care. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, you can't you can't come back from death. You know what I mean? And I understand a lot of our loved ones, they live through us. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, at the end of the day, man, show them love while they're alive, man. Um, also, you know, I got my hoodies. I got new colors, new varieties. I got the pink. I got the royal blue. Got the orange for you. Got the white. You already know what it is. You know we got the on the back of it. Forty dollars. Show some love, man. Come through. Holla at me. Support the grind. We got my man on here today, though, man. This brother, man, it's been definitely a pleasure, you know, befriending him, getting to know him, and watching him work and do his thing. This guy is uh, he's very intelligent. Got many crafts. And, uh, you know, he going to tell you all about himself and everything he got going on, man. This is my man, Sacramento Knox. What up, though? What's up, my dog? Yeah, How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I just got back from uh, Minneapolis the other day, so. Oh, yeah? What was you doing out there? I had a show on uh, Friday night. I did a concert. I did Spirit Plate out there. And then I live scored a film with my homie, Missy. And the, the team we got is called uh, The Coyote's Way. So we just, like, took all our beat machines, and then we just live score a film, and we do it live in front of everybody. Damn, that's sweet, bro. I done seen you perform a couple different times, man. You look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I try, man. I try. <laughs> and you be multitasking. You be playing instruments, singing, dancing, hosting, everything all yeah. at the same damn time. I said, man, this guy, he got it. You hear me? Yeah. My dog. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man. Tell them, you know, where you from, where you grew up. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, man. For sure, I'll do I'll do it like this. Bujuani Gichimana too. Eskotene ne Indigenous because you know Indonjuba. Me and Wawa we also know Indonjuba. Animi Gibenese Dodam. Me and Waji Jack Dodam. Anishinaabe Bayandao. And that's just kind of like the native language. It's pretty much saying like, uh, you know, the spirits know me as Ishkote, which just means the fire keeper, the fire. And um, my man, my yeah, man, that's dope. And Love then that. my my clans, the Thunderbird Clan and the Crane Clan. And just where I'm from, I'm from uh, Wapo Island, but also Detroit. So I said that too. Um, Wapo yeah. Island's over in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I got a buddy out there from Port Huron by way of uh, Wapo yeah. Island. Yeah. So that's where that's where my family's from. But I grew up in Detroit my whole life. You know, like uh, my my family got uh, or my my grandmother got stolen when she was younger, so they took her up north and they dropped her down. Uh, not dropped her down. They took her up north to boarding schools and then. We had families uh, gathering all the native children from up north and bringing them down to Detroit because when, you know, they build in the car system and stuff, they need workers. So, you know, they brought a lot of native people uh, to Detroit and places like Minneapolis and 
uh, what's the other ones like South Dakota is different ones but yeah it's just a little bit just doing that language uh, my elders told me I always kind of do that when you're introducing yourself um, but yeah I mean no man that's dope man I really love it you know I really got um, you know got conscious to you know the Native American practices the traditional ways of things the people while I was in prison you know what I'm saying I used to smudge at the circles I you know got my medicine bag like you know I used to practice the ways man it was it's 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 one of the only ways of life for me that I felt like I was totally in tune with mm -hmm. you know I thought I had that connection when it came to Buddhism you know what I'm saying because they have a lot of the same ideology as they do with the Native Americans just acknowledging the earth you know mother you know father the sky mother earth you know all that and um you know it's just a beautiful connection man when you when you feel that 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 connection to everything everything mm -hmm. you know oh, and yeah. see the life and value and purpose and every everything even in the conversation yep yep you know and and you know at the dhdc man we talk about palabra your word mm -hmm. the power that it carries you know you can bring about peace you can bring about war mm -hmm. you can heal people or you can hurt people with words you yep. know what i'm saying That's so true. you know it's it's important that we be mindful of the words that we speak and what we put out there you know what i mean yep. because people are always listening man mm -hmm. you know it's real it's real yep so what was it like man growing up you got siblings where you at you know as far as uh you know, coming up, coming up in the neighborhood, and you and you native. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Are you just native? Are you Mexican at all? Yeah, yeah, I'm part Mexican. Part Mexican. You look Mexican. <laughs> yeah, I'm part Mexican. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like the the natives there and the Mexicans come to Detroit too. You know, it's, it's about a you know people about a mix and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, that's how I got here. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, my family they grew up on uh, over there near 18th Street. Over there, about Bagley and Saint Anne area. Okay. Um, I was one of the original families there. One of our families was one of the original families over there. Um, and man, my my grandpa he didn't understand what's going on. So when they started gentrifying the area with that big ass wall that's like near the uh, off Bagley right there, mm -hmm. he didn't know what to do, and he he got rid of our whole house that we grew up in there. But uh, my grandpa, he uh, yeah, my grandpa lived there, and then my grandmother was with him, and. Uh, they had, I was with uh, my, my mother and two uncles and an aunt. So I got a mother, two two uh, uncles and an auntie, and you know we all we're all we're all different. But um, I'll say like for my immediate family, well I say we grew we grew up a lot together. Meaning like it was like those situations where, you know, what I'm saying one side of the family ain't doing good. You got your cousins moving in with you, and you know what I'm saying like they'll stay with you and you don't know what's going on. But you're like, yeah, the cousins are here. So they're staying with you and things. Ain't like it crazy that. how they got jokes about shit like that? But it's yeah. like really true. Yeah. Like you got twenty Mexicans jumping out of cars. You got twenty Mexicans living in a house. Like we'd be laughing, like, but it'd be really true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. House be full. I swear to God, bro. I'm talking about we utilize all the space. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause it's everybody coming moving in. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of bump pins, <laughs> blankets, pillows, all that shit. Yeah. Hey, they utilize the garage, the truck in the garage, everything. Everything, everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got I got two two little sisters. Um, I'm the oldest of the three. Um, I just found I had uh, I found I have another older brother and sister on my dad's side. I just met like about Damn, five years Papa ago. Papa was a Rolling Stone, huh? For real. For real, for real. Hey, going to all the powwows, huh? <laughs> for real, for real. Ooh. And uh, so like my two <laughs> sisters, um, yeah, my two sisters, I grew up with them. Um, we grew up on Campbell and Christiancy. We grew up over there for a minute. 
Or no, I'm sorry. We grew up on the the 18th over there by Bagley for a second. And from what I could remember, I was I didn't remember that a lot. I started becoming conscious of where I was at. Like probably was like six or five, and that's when I was already on the uh, Campbell Campbell and Christiancy over there in that area. Okay. And uh, it was so funny because I tell people I didn't know I was poor, a poor until like I think I was like ten. <laughs> 10 or 11. So you started going to school and everybody started making fun of you. Uh, like, yeah, no, every, everyone, like, nah, not, I think when I went to Ann Arbor, we went on a school field trip and I'm like, the hell is this place? <laughs> like, never left the hood. Like, or you that. look at somebody else's lunchbox and they got good name brand cupcakes and shit. Your shit straight from all these or something. You oh, know, no, what we, we was all eating at public school. You'd be like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> like, yeah, we had, uh, I had those, those two sisters, um, grew up with them. Um, so what kind of solid fail, uh, male figures did you have in your life? I had this good homie named Thurman Bear. Uh, he helped create the American Indian Health and Family Services. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's actually the name after the drum at DHCC, Thurman Bear. Um, he, he taught me a lot of things because he was doing his best to like connect the community to the culture and like with health and resources and culture and things. So that was a good, strong, positive uh, role model in my life. Uh, my uncle, you know, he was out the military, so he had a lot of discipline. Um, and then like some elders, uh, Grandpa L, you know, he taught me the ways of the sweat lodge and then the language and he found my name, my native name. So I had, I had those good, uh, uh, positive role models. Um, there was, there's, there's very few of them, but there was definitely those, uh, males in my life. Cause I was, I was raised by a lot of women and a lot of women leaders like Angie and Lucy Harrison. Um, my mother, aunt, like a bunch of. Bunch of strong women that are holding the house down. Absolutely, a lot of time, you know man. And we got a lot of them, bro, in our mm -hmm. community, bro. Big, uh, big shout out to all the, you know, all the women, man, that been holding it down for their household, for their family, for their kids, for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, women are powerful, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And they got, they got special powers that men don't got. For you real. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know, shout out to them, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what schools did you go to, and what was what was it like going to school? Like, um, you know, what was your experience? Were you an athlete? What kind of student was you? Did you have friends, or yeah. you know, did you stick to your your uh, your own household? Or, um, I was, I was. It was like right the. I don't know. I just remember my mom used to tell me like she would say, "Stay in front of the house and ride the bike." And one of those little plastic bikes you get, like the little kid bikes. Oh, yeah. I was, I, I was out. I don't know where the fuck that went. Like, <laughs> she was there mad as hell because I was disappeared for, like, hours. But I, I was just, I just lost my way around the neighborhood that way. I went to go around the block. So I just kept going around the block. <laughs> but I was finding little things, you know, just like, oh, what's this? And just, like, <laughs> being curious. I yeah. it up. I being a little shiny. kid. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, <laughs> I remember... Uh, my they were uh, my grandmother. She was like they were all screaming. They're like, "Where is he?" At? And I was on the back porch taking a nap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I uh, I went to uh, uh, what's that school? Holy Redeemer. I went to Holy Redeemer for a minute, and then like my my mother couldn't afford it anymore. I, mean, I had no no conscious idea of like money yet. You know what I'm saying? It was like third grade. And... What was it like though? Going um like did you know um. You know, as far as Catholicism, going to Holy Redeemer and then being taught, you know, the Native American traditional ways. Like, was it a conflict of interest? Were you able, was it able to coincide with your beliefs? Or, you know, like, were you just able to accept them both as they are? Yeah, accept them both. Um, I feel like when I, when I first met Jesus at Holy Redeemer, he was like, all like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was like, I was like, I was scared because he was all bleeding and he was all hanging on on the wall. And I was like nervous. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, cause I we went to 
a holy redeemer so we go to church or we go to mass every wednesday at school and like it was it always like i i wouldn't look at it because it, it it freaked me out a little bit but i hear the stories of jesus and it didn't make sense until we got to the point of like his crucifixion and things like that so i, I really appreciate jesus like, he probably know. was like, damn, that looked like a picture of a murdered Indian or something. You know? <laughs> He's got that long hair. They, oh, they slaughter Indians up in there. Oh, <laughs> all the Indians. I know, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but it, it, was, it was smooth. No disrespect, know? Jesus. My bad, yeah. baby. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think just because of the circumstances of, like, you know, our family so slowly started splitting up. So, you know, like church was a thing we did, but then it slowly started not becoming a thing. Mm. And then, you know, making, meeting Thurman and meeting other people and, you know, really learning about the native culture and where we're from. So they're just kind of like, you know, it just kind of kept showing up in that way and just learning it more and keep learning it. So um, it wasn't, it wasn't ever no conflict. I think what was, uh, as I got older, what the conflict was, was just how they, how like Christianity was used as a weapon to colonize people and destroy people. I think that's like the, the terrible part of that but overall you know i like jesus man jesus jesus is dope <laughs> I, no doubt about it brother you know no matter how you see him as a prophet or the son of god or just another man you know he was a he was a righteous man bro you know what i'm saying and and he lived his life with with honor and you know and um you know i just uh i give all respect you know mm -hmm. to, to everybody and what you believe and uh, if it helps your community, helps you and helps your family, you know, be better people and treat people kindly and, and you know, always show love for humanity, then, you know, I support you and I salute you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so, so what was it like growing up for you, bro? As far as, like, you say you were raised by a lot of strong women. Like, what are some of the things that they taught you? Like, did they ever bash men to you? Or did they, you know, try to teach you and educate you what a man was supposed to be like? Or I think just by the just by the behavior, like, just watching them work, take care of things. Like, they didn't really have too much time to complain. It was just, you know, had to get things done. And then, like, part of our, uh, part of our relatives, you know, uh, a couple family members passed away. So we took in a bunch of the cousins. So it's like just seeing them handle all all of us, you know, there was like what five, six, seven, eight, nine, there's like twelve of us. So it was just a lot of kids. So seeing them handle all that, you know, it's just was it was really amazing. I know, um, man, because women, bro, they sacrifice a lot of themselves and their own lives for the sake of raising, you know, their 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 kids, you know what I'm saying? And it's not easy raising and providing. You yeah, know what man. I mean? Like mm -hmm working and coming home cooking taking care trying to love everybody the same bro that shit ain't easy man and you know so just for women and, and I, I i ain't gonna lie man i see a lot more men today stepping up to the plate man and taking care of their business so you know i i salute all my homies man that's been taking care of their kids and taking care of their business mm -hmm. and uh you know just doing things different man and breaking that vicious cycle of our kids growing up in broken homes and poverty and all that shit man you know everybody's striving for something different no matter what you know yeah, and and i like that that's that's uh you know, that's us, you know, evolving, growing, and moving forward, you know. Mm -hmm. I said grew up right before the internet. Or the internet was there. We just never touched the internet. How old are you, not? I'm 36. 36? Yeah, okay. I'm 36. So I was like, I was, uh, when we were growing up, we didn't have no, we didn't have no, uh, we didn't have no internet. We had to make sure, like, the, the if we were dialing out 313, like, it would have to be a quick call, all that type of stuff. So I remember mm -hmm. growing up just being outside all the time, like, outside, like. 
Mm-hmm. Like out late in the wilderness. Out. They said that's where the engines belong. Outside in the wilderness. <laughs> Go play with the buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember just being being outside, like, you know, it's like that was I something I see different now like with the young people because like you know what I'm saying that they're using they're in the phone all the time, they're in the internet and all that stuff. So it's like I do see a different level of communications or like you know what I'm saying? How people connect with each other and, and things like that. How do you think, you know, because they always had that motto, uh, you know, the world is at the tip of your fingers. Mm-hmm. So do you think, how has that impacted, like, the traditional ways that you guys are passing on to the new generation? Is it easier? Is it harder? Is there a disconnect? I would think it would be cool because you guys are learning from different tribes, from different areas of the countries. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you you know, like, like you know, you can be right here on a zoom you know meeting group whatever and and being north dakota talking to some representatives from another whole another tribe across the states you know i think i think that's uh i mean it's it's like i think it's more more good than bad but because like i feel like uh it's it's doing something to our psychology it was like you just need to quick and fast and move that i feel like there's some stuff that doesn't get thoroughly addressed or like moved along and i think that's the kind of downside of that because you know you got 15 second stories on snapchat instagram or you know this constant like quick information that you don't really get too much time to sit and digest you know a conversation or thoughts mm-hmm. or all these things together sometimes so there's like good and bad you know good everything and bad was pretty bad, much so. made for convenience though yeah you know what i'm saying like everything like i just bought my wife a keurig you know what I'm saying? <laughs> little coffee maker. Like, that shit is done within minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Saves us from having to go to Tim Hortons and all that shit. You know what I mean? But I was like, damn, you know. It's got little flavors and all that. Just everything is just made and built for for convenience, bro. You know what I mean? And and people, we, we spoiled, bro. We done came a long way from being cavemen and, you know, and inventing the wheel, you know, to reinvent, trying to reinvent the wheel. I do. I do like the speed of stuff, though. I feel like it just goes too fast sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what kind of student were you, bro? Like, did you get involved in sports or anything like that, or did you stay to yourself? No, I uh, I played football and basketball and golf. Like, like I was trying to golf like, too, huh? Because yeah. you're a big dude, so I can see you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I said. Th- well, I remember the first year I got to Western, all the all the sports were taken up. I mean, my boy was like, oh, let's just go play this golf shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we did. Because, like, we were just, you know, we we're like, yeah, we're in high school. all this, And then all the sign-up shit. It's, you know, there's, like, all the – there's no more uh, open slots on there. Yeah. Because we were all we were all eight, hang, you know, like – You ever tried playing hockey? Yeah, for a second, for yeah. a second. My sons, man, when I was younger, they played hockey in, uh, at Clark Park over there. Yeah, I played at Clark Park for yeah. a hot second. Um, I never got to see him play, but I always, I got to see him in pictures, you know. Yeah, I couldn't afford the equipment, so I was like, it was, they gave us the first couple kind of like, yeah, come try out. I was like, you got to get the equipment. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the hockey was fun. I, we, we played a lot of, uh, what's it called? Uh, we had rollerblades and shit, like the, just like street hockey. Oh, like. yeah, I remember that shit. I used to love playing street hockey, bro. Yeah, like, man, was when fun. I was a kid growing up, when I lived in Lincoln Park, you know, Rouge, everywhere, bro. Like, I was always, like, loving loving being, like, playing sports, you know. I even skateboarding, I liked that when I was younger. Um, we did all kinds of shit, man. You know, I had forts, little forts up under the porches and shit. Like, 
you know, a guy was just learned just being a kid. It was fun being a kid, man. Oh yeah. You know, until until it wasn't. You know, because you know you'd be surrounded with so much different activities and. You know, everybody's, you know, lifestyles, beliefs, you know, your environment, your community, society in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. But yeah, man, everything, man, it just, uh, you know, life has been hectic lately, bro. Like really busy. The holidays are here. You know what I mean? And they came really quick. I'm not even sure if everybody's ready or not, but, you know, I embrace it, man. I embrace every day I wake up. I thank God for giving me another opportunity to wake up and do things right and do something good for myself or my family. You know what I mean? I don't take shit for granted, bro, but life gets hectic, though, for sure, man. You know, just working, just grinding, you know, doing everything for podcasting, all this shit. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's all about living a purposeful life, a meaningful life, and knowing that, you know, you're serving your purpose in one form or another, you know? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so you in the music and all that, bro. Like, that's how we met. We met at the DHDC. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you in the Southwest Siege, you know what I'm saying? You boy, you got your thing going on, man. Everybody knows Sacramento Knox over there. <laughs> yeah, that's where I got a lot of my uh, my music starting over there. Been uh, been working, we've actually been working with the DHDC <laughs> My yeah, that's my shit. The DHDC. Shout out to old Feezy, man. You know? La Chistosta 313. Check her out. She's funny as hell. She talk all kinds of shit. I'm going to have to get her on here so she can do a skit for you guys, man. And she bilingual. It's going to be English, Spanish, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I started doing the uh, electronic music over there. I was, with, I was with Lex. We had this record label called Dirty Politics. So we did a lot of that work outside and then you know we just started bringing kind of more of the not more of it but just kind of like just working in the in the, the space too and it's pretty cool to see how that's the the teen tech center looks now because i was there when it was just kind of this little one room with the air conditioning in it and it was like you know very modest it was like it was nice it's, it's nice to see it evolve like that so been involved with that studio for like almost 10 years now so that's been pretty dope and um yeah, like it's just been it's been moving, it's been moving for a minute, and that's like a lot of where my um, like uh, grounding are starting out. I remember I was teaching Rob, Robbie Dizzle how to count bars there, King Quota, Geo, uh, yeah, a lot of these yeah. a lot of the guys that are out here, super dope. So it's good to see them like just grow from all that. I know, and it's cool because like me working there and them telling me how they grew up in the programs and how they they pursued their you know their their careers in rapping and all that starting at the DHDC, you know, it's only one DHDC, baby. Yeah. That's why I call it the DHDC. <laughs> but, uh, you know, man, just, man, so many, even, even staff members, you know, that grew up as kids in the program and then eventually ended up becoming staff members there. Yep, yep. Like that just shows you how the, you know, the big, the big commitment that they have to the community and investing in the people from the community, mm-hmm. you know, and, I always share my stories, you know, with, with, you know, anytime we, I'm at the table with any organization in Detroit or anywhere else, Mike, I always share my story about how the DHDC gave me a chance, a shot and an opportunity mm-hmm. and how my life is just, you know, has, has unfolded, has manifested, you know what I'm saying? And, in, in, in a way that I didn't, wasn't even like aware of, but mm-hmm. I'm just so glad that I am where I am today and, and they support me in every way, you know, even with the podcast, shout out to DHCC, that's where I got my microphones at, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Muchos galasias. You know? 
yeah. Yeah, but hey, shout out to Miami Mindset, man. I got the merch, $30. We got pink ones. We got yellow ones, red ones. Uh, we got all kinds of different colors, blue ones. So holla at me, man. We got the stoner merch from Miami Mindset. Get at me. Uh, these are some sweet-ass trays. Make good Christmas presents. They all come in a box. Come with a nice little velour bag. 30 bucks, man. Hit me up. Show some love, man. He's local small business. Sweet. And ho holla at your boy on these hoodies, too, man. Hey. But, uh, so, like, who, who are some of the people that you work with, bro, since you've been in the business and, like, um, like, uh, what's the, what's the goal? What's the mission as uh, far as the music? And where do you get, where do you get most of your support from? Oh, shit. The people, the people support me a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially like <clears throat> the way I do music is like, I don't just show up to a city and do a concert and leave. Like I do workshops. I give back. I connect with the community. I connect with other people that do, do great work like DHTC, you know, just connecting with the community that way. So I feel like, by doing that and people knowing that I'm not just trying to show up and like, look at me, I'm on stage. Like I'm here, I'm here to help and develop and really build, get our people in all types of better places. I feel like that's what helps carry me in a long place. And, and just, you know what I'm saying? Just being thorough and solid with what I'm doing and, and actually caring, you know, actually caring for the community. So I think that's, that's always been like my, uh, uh, that's always been like my, my, uh, my groundwork, you know? And, um, as far as like, um, Names I've worked with, um, shoot, I don't know. There's been there's been a few. Work uh, had a show with Immortal Technique, um, Brother Ali. Uh, let's see what else. Tribe Called Red. Um, what else? And I can't even think. There's so many like amazing artists. Tall Paul. I see you were in Chicago not long ago, right? Did yeah, I see yeah. you in Chicago? Yeah. yeah. What was you doing out there? I was promoting uh, the project Medicine Bag. My my homie he runs this uh this uh I don't know what to call it, but it's like hair products thing. So I went out there to support his work and what he was doing. There's a powwow there, so I went to go connect with him and and make some other connections like Indianapolis and that whole area over there. So I went to go connect in there and mm -hmm. and uh, my my other good homies there, Ozma, amazing Palestinian sound artist. So. Yeah, I work. Uh, I work with a lot of amazing artists. Fat ass, so. you see me over here talking. You over here crunkling chips and shit. Fat ass, nigga went and got three slices of pizza already. My boy Javi, man, real everyday people, y'all. What y'all want me to do? I'm looking like he really gonna open up a bag of chips and we on live TV right now. Something else, I tell you, boy. It's all love though, man. <laughs> Yeah, so I had went to a powwow just before the pandemic. They had it at uh, Romanowski Park over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was the first time I ever tried fry bread. Shout out to Audrey Brewer and all her family. Um, you know, they're from, I believe, Three Fires or Chippewa. And that was one of their are the ones that really the first people I had ever seen acknowledge, you know, the Native American traditional ways, you know, they had dancers, you know, dresses, all of that, you know what I mean? And I thought that was pretty cool, you know, and so they definitely represent man for the people. So shout out to her, uh, you know, Mr. K's out in Rouge, you know, that's that's the other office. Love that place. You know, my man Jose Del Valle always representing, you know, mm -hmm. lit music entertainment. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to LA Landscaping, you know, my brother. Shout out to Babe Cave Down River, my sister Felicia. She be doing her thing with the nails. 
holler at her. She'll get you together, man. If you want quality work, she gonna take care of business and get you together. So check her out at Babe Cave Down River. Guys Pizza, as always, you know, we always smashing Guys Pizza over here at uh, El Nino Podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotta always send a love, man. Shout out to uh, my man Fernando El Bunny, you know, DJ EJ, you know, and uh, just, you know, everybody, man, who be showing love. Southwest Z, 31.3 Urban Rhythm Radio. Shout out to you guys. I was on your show a couple weeks ago. And... Um, you know, my man DJ Pup, he got a new uh, freestyle uh, CD coming out called Puppy Love. I can't wait for it to come out because my man my man DJ Pup do his thing with that freestyle, man. You know, he know how to mix it right. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm looking forward to that album coming out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I know the holidays, man, it could be stressful at times for people. You know, it could be humbling. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, shout out to Young Dolph's family, man. You know, that was really unfortunate. You know, he was very talented, man. I have been listening to a lot of his music. I had about three, four of his albums when I was in prison, you know, and it was just sad to see him, you know, get murdered the way he did. But, um, you know, that's that's just, you know, what comes with the territory of things, you know. So, you know, I know that, you know, there's a lot of sad times, but that's why we got to appreciate the times that we have, that we're alive with our family, our friends, our loved ones. Make the best of it. Thanksgiving's coming up. I know everybody want to drink, get buzzed, man. Please drive responsibly, drink responsibly. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's have a peaceful, you know, holidays for everybody, man. We all deserve, you know, some love and, and, and some joy in our life, some peace in our life, because, man, life can be hectic. And, you know, we still ain't done with this pandemic. You know, right now they talking about Michigan number one on this shit. They talking about maybe shutting shit back down, you know? So... You know, at the end of the day, man, no matter what life brings us, man, just for human sake, man, humanity's sake, you know, we got to be able to stick together, man, and try to get along and help one another the best way we can, as much as we can, you know, and if you guys got differences, man, it ain't nothing to just walk away and live another day, man, at the end of the day, you know, so. They shut it down last November, right? Huh? They shut it down last November. Yeah, I just, you know, you got to take care of yourself, man, you know, people are, are, are dying over this stuff, so. You know, I just want everybody to uh, not take life for granted. But yeah, man, like I was saying, man, um, you know, we had went, I think it's called My Flight. It's over there at the Detroit airport. We went on a um, helicopter ride. It was sweet as hell, man. Like I said, if you got $300, man, to spare, man, go ahead. It's a 30-minute trip. It's sweet. It's dope. You know what I'm saying? It's a dope-ass experience. We went at night. I would like to go again in the daytime just to see it from a different angle. But it was definitely a dope experience, man. And, uh, you know, again, shout out to my man, Dwayne Taylor, man, for taking care of his business over at the soundboard at the Motor City. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I love seeing everybody, man, in the neighborhood doing good, man. Everybody thriving, everybody from their respective communities, they, everybody cultivating their talents, you know what I'm saying? Their skills. And, you know, for the most part, man, it seemed like everybody working together, man, and striving to get, you know, get ahead. Um, so tell us about the music business for you, man. Like, what is it that motivates you to, to write the music? What is the mission of it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, is it something personal? Is it, is it a goal? Is it a dream? Is it money? Is it fame? You know, is it the impact? What is, what is your music about? My, my music is about like life, you know what I'm saying? Like life or just like, you know, like we all, we all want better things in life and continue to grow and be beautiful so a lot of my music is about growth and beauty and you know all the struggles that come with that you know what i'm saying there's there's a million combinations of 
stories and, and struggles that happen and there's a bunch of celebration that happens too so i just try to capture it all you know like uh just recently I, i've been i've made like a lot of like personal music meaning like i'm letting a lot of my personal information inside the songs i used to just kind of keep it like i had this concept in my head for a minute i was stuck on i was making we art versus me art like i didn't want it to be about me it was about all of our 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 collective struggles or as people so i was calling it we art for a second and then I just started, you know, get personalizing the things, my my sadness, my depression, my struggles, my celebration. So that's what a lot of my uh, music entails, you know. And it's uh, it has a lot of my uh, a lot of my background and ethnicity in it too, you know. Like there's like uh, chachayote seeds in the things, and like you know, jingle jingle dress cones, like a bunch of sounds that are in the music that you know, if you pay attention, you can hear the textures in it. Some are overt, some are not, but you know, it's just like. When I when I feel like I can't get rid of music, even when even if I try or even if it goes away, it's still there somehow. I remember I lost all my music or all my equipment when I moved to New York City to go do music. I had nothing, so it's just like I I was still able to get it working out there and found a drum machine and and was able to keep it moving. So um, it was it was never really about fame. I feel like when I first started, it was kind of about fame. You know, you want the all the all the stuff that comes with fame, the attention and the girls and things like that and the money and stuff. But like the the goal the goal with the music is just seeing the transformation of life, you know what I'm saying? Seeing the beauty it does for people. because uh, it does a lot of that for us when we listen to music, you know? So I'm just looking to be 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 another, you know, be another vessel, be another vessel of God to help share all that good information and, and have you dance, have you shake some booty and like have you nod your head, you know what I'm saying? Like ride to the whip in it, you know, all, all types of this. So that's that's where a lot of my uh, my my like love for music is uh at the moment. I love teaching it, I love sharing it. Um I always I always had a process of bringing people in what I'm doing with the music. Um in collaboration, whether they're a new student or they're a veteran with what they're doing, you know, it's all it's always been uh a beautiful process. It's like uh it's like in a lot of ways, it's like a, like a spiritual conversation that's happening because like you got this energy, you got all these things moving, and like that's like the that's like the dope part of music, seeing that spiritualness of it move when you when you got that beat going or someone says a hard ass bar or something, you're like shit, like all that all that stuff is amazing. So and um, with music, what's it what's it like working with the youth? Because I know you teach music to the youth. How easy or hard are hard is it? Is there challenges, obstacles? Is it easier? Um, because you know, I, I, it just, you know, I've seen them in, in, I've seen you in action with them, bro. And it seems like you guys do pretty good together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I work with the youth on a whole nother level. I teach life skills. I facilitate, you know, life skills and do activities and stuff like that. But like when you tapping in, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're tapping into a whole nother dimension, you know what I'm saying? Of creativity with the youth, you know what I mean? And how does that impact your music? Um, like... Teach, teaching youth music, I mean, I feel like it's just kind of, that's like a philosophy we have in Native cultures and seven generations. So you and it's boys kinda, and girls. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it's always passing it on, you know. And um, it's just seeing people, you know, they how they want to grow at music um, and evolve with it. You know, music can be anything that's like um, a small part of your life or a very important part of your life or a business part of your life too, you know. Um, the, the stuff with, I like to emphasize with music is this like, we're making art and art that's is entertaining, you know, rather than we're making entertainment that's artistic, you know, because the entertainment business is rough. 
super rough. I've been I've been playing so many times when I first started, like all all man, all types of nonsense. But even in podcasting, bro, you know, a podcasting this is entertainment, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, I do podcasting, half talk show type shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just like being able to keep it real. But it's like, you know, uh, now I'm like wanting some sponsorship. I need some support. I need some oh, some yeah. financial aid and support. You know, I I got goals. I wanna I wanna open up a storefront. I wanna be able to sell my hoodies, sell my t-shirts. I wanna have a, a location, you know, where I can run a podcast out of, you know, run a legit business, you know, and qualify for maybe a business loan that'll help put, you know, me and, you know, and everybody around me in a better position. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, we started this. It's been a beautiful experience growing with, you know, DJ Dan, DJ Pup, Jose Del Valle over here in in the basement, you know, and, and, uh, you know, making something out of nothing, bro. But it's like we're growing. We're getting bigger. We're growing. And, um, you know, we we, naturally you want to grow your environment as well, you Mm -hmm. know. So uh, I, I can imagine as an artist, you know, as Dwayne Taylor is a boxer, as you as a performer and others as rappers and this, that, like eventually, like people want to get paid. They want to see some money, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like how much when do you know when to call it quits or, you know, what is it that keeps you going with the music? Yeah. What's, like keeps like what going? if the money never comes, bro? Mm-hmm. Then what? I mean, is it just fair. about? the message is it the message and i'm not i'm I'm saying i hope i hope i hope you get signed tomorrow i hope i get signed tomorrow you know what i'm saying but if not like what is it that keeps you going oh i mean like i i do i do make bags i just made a nice bag in minneapolis like i feel like that it's always on the edge of your sheet edge of your seat shit which is like you just got to be i don't know it's like it's the it's the rough part it's the rough part of the business because you're never guaranteed another show you know, and it's just like you have to kind of know the supply and demand. So I take my music where there's like really low supply and, you know, high demand. You know, it's like a kind of the business model and stuff. So like I'm able to put my music where it's not typically at or go. So maybe to, I was able to find that kind of business model and plan to work in that way like that. Because they always say your net worth is determined by your network. I got an awesome network. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I mean, I see the value in it because the resources are all there. Mm-hmm. But like, what do you think? Is it working with other people out of state? Is it collaborating people who are like you, or is it collaborating with people who are the opposite of you? Or what is it that you think that you need to do to get to where you want to be? I think what helped me blow up or like get into another position outside of the neighborhood was to travel everywhere. Like, I'll mm-hmm. go sleep on the couch over in New York or Chicago or Oakland or Texas. Like, I went to a lot of places, and I just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll up into the town. I'm just going to do this venue show and then, like, you know, make 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 a nice little $300 bag at the show and then keep moving. But then spend all the bag because I got to drive it. I got to use it all on gas and resources. But, you know, I feel like what what keeps it going is just the... It's like that feeling when you when you put the stuff out and you hear you see you see people feeling it, bumping it, riding with it. Like that's a, that's a good feeling. And oh some, yeah. Sometimes people sometimes people don't know to be compensated outside of that too. But like, you know, I feel like getting compensated and having that feeling is just like it's like a double whammy inside there.
Today, y'all. <laughs> Bear with us, you hear me? We've been off for a couple weeks, man. Bear with us. We're trying to get it together, y'all. Real everyday people, you know what I'm saying? This is just real shit. Sorry to cut you off, bro. No, no, it's all good. Um, now nah, I just say what just what keeps the music going is just the, the love of it, you know. I had when I first when I first started, I had this old jazz musician tell me because I, I I started with jazz music before all the hip hop shit, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I'm warning you right now, if you want to be in this business." You have to fall asleep at the desk with your head down and have to be okay with that. Like you have to kind of, kind of have to love the process. Like, or what are, you, what are you saying? He said like, love eating shit. You have to love eating shit. Like, cause it's going to be a lot of, of <laughs> shit and, and, and compost before. But he, he also made a point though too, is like, if you learn how to fer- use that as fertilizer, you can grow a bunch of food and fl- plants and flowers and all types of shit. So I really, I really took that to heart and, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, because everything is a process, you know, and I just, you know, I, I don't believe that I'm entitled to anything, but I think that I work hard enough to get to where I'm trying to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shit, I want what I got coming, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a bright future, man. And, and, you know, as always, man, what's good for me is good for my people. And not just my people, but just people in general. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm one of them people, bro, that, you know, I, sh- I, I distribute all my blessings. I share all my blessings. Nothing is just for me and mine. You know, everything is for me and, you know, and, and, and for distribution of power, of distribution of blessings, distribution of love. You know, kindness, all that good shit, man. Because, yeah. you know, people are ugly. Life can get ugly. You know what I'm saying? So in living in turmoil and all that shit, man, you got to be able to find some peace and find something that, that speaks to your heart and speaks to your soul. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you uh, ever grow up listening to um, Motown music, bro? Uh, actually, no. Not not till I got older. I started mm-hmm. listening to it when I was older. I um, love Motown music. Yeah, Motown, Motown's incredible. I feel like I started listening to Motown when I started doing jazz music as a young mm-hmm. person. That's when I started listening to Motown. If there was one artist, bro, that you could work with, what artist would that be? Don't Queen. matter who it is. Queen. Queen. I want to work with Queen. Queen? Mm-hmm. As in the rock band Queen? Yeah. Hell no. I'd have never thunk that one. And why Why Queen? Shit. I think it's because like, when I was little, my mom used to listen to it, and I was just like, I'll just listen and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, it's just, it was amazing. And then like, it's, I just never heard nothing like that at the time. Cause she was in the rock music and they all kind of sounded the same, but that sounded different. It had a very specific tone mm-hmm. and style to it. And my aunt's always bumping a Latin freestyle, which was cool, but it sounded the same to me. All of it sounded the same. <laughs> doom, 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 like that. But Damn. like, it, it was, it still banged though. So I grew up on a Latin freestyle. And then like my grandma listened to Burl Ives. I don't know if y'all know Burl Eyes, but he sings, Never. All, he sings all the Christmas music. He's pretty cold. He can sing pretty cool. Man, listen, I'm so happy. I am so happy that I can hear Christmas carols on the radio, bro. That shit just warms my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And then my wife, she makes me hot cocoa with extra marshmallows and shit. Like, I'm a big-ass teddy bear when I go home. <laughs> you hear me? I love Christmas. Yeah. You know? Christmas. But listen, man, we at that point, you know, where we're going to get you to sign the Wall of Fame, bro. I thank you for coming on here, sharing your story, sharing your life, your energy, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, the performance, bro. Like I said, I know we had some technical difficulties, but he told you where you can find him at and check his music out. It's a good vibe, man, for sure. And um, I'm going to be scouting for some people, man, for some guests for this 
for this podcast. So anybody that's open-minded, open-hearted, and you're comfortable with coming and sharing your story, you know, tap in, man. Hit me up. We're going we gonna to move forward with this. And uh, we're going to let this brother sign the ball of fame. But Much it was love, something more like Russian roulette. And it got me upset. Living in that very American dream. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.